Hear now the conclusion of the Gospel according to Luke in the 24th chapter. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Happy Mother's Day to you who have mothered children in your own homes. And to you who have been mothers in the faith to many of us. Whether at home or teaching Bible school or helping with UMW mission projects, your work never ends and we acknowledge that. But we don't acknowledge it nearly enough. We're grateful. You're a blessing to us. What I mean by that is you are a gift from God. I feel the need to clarify it because sometimes we hear the word blessing and I, for one, don't know exactly what somebody means by it. Some people offer a blessing before their meals and other people bless people out. Sometimes the same ones who offer the meal, blessing before the meals are very gifted at blessing others out. And sometimes people are extraordinarily gifted at being able to bless people out during the blessing of the meals. Bless is used in other ways, too. I'll ask someone how he is, and he'll respond, I'm blessed. Which hopefully means he's acknowledging that God has been generous to him. I hope it does not mean that he thinks he's spiritually or materially superior to others. I've heard people use blessed as a farewell. Have a good day, I'll say. Be blessed, they'll respond. I've resisted the temptation to ask how that is done. It seems to me that you're blessed or you're not, which may be what they're saying. Recognize that you are indeed already blessed. In today's reading about Jesus' ascension, we get two uses of the word blessing. Jesus was actively blessing his disciples as he ascended to be at the Father's right hand. Like a person who has already said her goodbyes, yet continues to wave as the persons drive away, Jesus keeps on blessing. It's Mother's Day, so I'll tell you a little bit about mine. I'm sure she wouldn't mind. Maybe. Maybe. When it's time for us to leave our parents' home, my mother blesses us with her love in the kitchen. And then as we go out the door, and then as we make our way down to the car, and then as we get into the car, 
and then through the window of the car as we're slowly creeping backwards down the driveway. It's sweet. Even if it has forced my brother-in-law to calculate an extra 30 minutes into his exit strategy. The rest of us are accustomed to it. We know that's her way. We, we know that for her, every minute, every moment is precious with us. We honor that. We know we're not together enough. There are two sayings our culture has about not being together. Out of sight, out of mind, and absence makes the heart grow fonder. As Jesus is departing from his disciples, perhaps with tears in his eyes and in theirs, knowing that the departure is the right thing, but also knowing that it will mean a change that, that will be hard, he keeps on blessing them. We all know the pain of departure and absence. Midway through my first week-long camp as an elementary student, I had to hide behind the cabin so my friends wouldn't realize how much I was missing home. Move-in day at college after the long goodbye in the parking lot, I might have shed a tear in the dorm room. There were multiple times during my eight months of traveling abroad that, that my heart's fondness for Sally and, and my family and our home grew painfully obvious. I survived each of those days by getting busy, a version of out of sight, out of mind. I joined in throwing the baseball while we were at camp. I found my way to the freshman welcome party. I, I left the hostels wherever I was in the world to go and find something interesting outside those doors. In each of those situations, things were changing. I don't know if I would have articulated it well, but I'm pretty sure I felt that things were changing. I learned that I could survive a week away from home and make new relationships in the process, which helped me prepare for college when I'd learned how to live more days in Spartanburg than in Rock Hill each year which helped me prepare for a time when I would be away for months at a time from everyone I knew and everything that was familiar, which helped me prepare for a time in life when a few days alone is not so bad. <laughs> but even those you recognize make the heart grow fonder. Things were changing for the disciples and Jesus at his departure. He had given them final instructions. Bear witness to him. Proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins to all nations. And then he was carried away out of their sight into God's right hand. Not in their immediate presence any longer. But as he was going, he blessed them. Actually, it says he was blessing them as though it was ongoing. It continued Jesus continued to bless them as in invoking God's gifts on them. Jesus offered to his disciples a continual blessing. Receive God's grace. That was Jesus' last will and testament. 
He didn't have material goods to leave them. No home, no land, no investment portfolio. He gave them in continuous form what he had been giving them all along. God's grace. Which is exactly what enabled the disciples to stop staring into the sky. Waiting for him to come back. And to get on with what he had for them to do. They could not freeze things as they were. They could not go back to how things had been. They had to now participate in the change that was upon them. Jesus' absence from the disciples' immediate presence would make their hearts grow fonder. And they responded by doing for him. Out of sight, still on their minds. And because of that, They continually blessed God. Luke ends his gospel by telling us that the disciples were continually in the temple blessing God. But then Acts tells us that as soon as that happened, they were moved out, sent by the Spirit beyond the temple, well beyond the temple. Their blessing of God did not remain in some space, but took them as far as Rome is from the temple. Their continual blessing of God was far far from that initial place, and they went because they had a mission. Jesus' disciples had a mission. Jesus' disciples have a mission to continually bless God by praising God in worship, to continually bless God by speaking well of God, to continually bless God by living in such ways that others are blessed by this God who has blessed them. And all of that means doing something, being something, sometimes changing something. There were times in Jesus' ministry when the disciples demonstrated a resistance to change. We might be familiar with that. Peter rebuked Jesus because Jesus said he would suffer and die a crucified crucified death. Peter, James, and John were ready to build uh, tents for Moses and Elijah and Jesus at the transfiguration. They wanted to keep that moment going. Mary clung to Jesus in the garden. Because she did not want that resurrection moment to ever end. They resisted change because they could not imagine a better outcome. When you're a moment that is good, it's hard to imagine a better one coming along. And when you're in a moment that is not good, it's hard to imagine that some good might have come or might come from it. Like the disciples, we are right to continually bless God by gathering in worship. And like the disciples, we are too often stuck staring at the sky, wondering what to do next. So like the disciples, we are dependent on the Holy Spirit to come in among us and enliven us and push us from this place or whatever place we are stuck to go and do what Christ would have us do We are dependent on the Holy Spirit to move us from stagnancy and anxiety about an uncertain future so that we can continually bless God and bless others in His name. Which has always been the charge. From the first time that God assembled a people together 
up to this assembly of God's people in this very moment. The charge has been the same. You are blessed to be a blessing. In the early days, the the playing out of that was in very specific commands. You, You must take care of the orphans. You must take care of the widows. You must take care of the aliens, the strangers in your midst. Jesus broadened these teachings. He, he showed how to minister and He did so by welcoming others and teaching others and caring for others and showing the disciples how to do those very things for others. Jesus pushed them to care for those who are on the margins, the ones no one else wanted to care for, the lepers, the foreigners, women and children who were treated as less than, tax collectors and sinners who were conceived as disqualified by their ungodliness, Jesus did not stop blessing them even when He went to be with the Father. He continued to bless them. He continues to bless us. And so in that long line of disciples, it is now our time to bless Him. To not stop blessing Jesus. We do that by being a blessing to others. Even when it pushes us to change. Amen.